Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Mee. What is up, Jerry? Oh, I'm back to the grinds, Pat. <laughs> putting, putting my nose to the workbooks. It's been a great great vacation, but now I'm back to work. You had, you had safe travels? You had a good time down in Richmond? Yes, yes. I mean, I was white-knuckle gripping the uh, airplane. Uh, airplane armrest, even though it was clear skies and smooth sailing. I don't fly well, Pat. <laughs> I am not a good flyer. Fair, fair, fair. Um, well, that's good. Uh, so let's see. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I mean, there was uh, a couple events this weekend. I don't know if you heard, Pat, but uh, <laughs> lots of stuff went down. <laughs> yep, there were one or two. Yep. One or two events. One or two events. Uh, yeah, and we have an awesome guest uh, for tonight as well. Yep, you know, so we're going to get through some of uh, our recap of uh, GP Richmond, and then we will have our special guest on later in the episode to uh, talk about his run at the GP as well. Hell yeah. Uh, awesome. So Pat, tell me, I mean, I, I was I was uh, at the GP, but what, what was the experience? You uh, you got to kind of uh, live the full viewer lifestyle this week. Yeah, so, so one thing that I never honestly get to do is watch GPs live. Just because of my work schedule, I'm always working weekends, and especially like weekend afternoons and nights. So I'm never around to watch the GPs, and I find myself very disinterested watching like VODs. It just doesn't really do it for me, um, but... Uh, on Friday, I actually had uh, a minor surgery, so I was in the hospital for that in the morning, and then I had scheduled it at 7.30 a.m., so I'd get it banged out of the way, get home in time to catch uh, round three. Uh, um, so getting, getting that gout taken care of. Good, yeah, good yeah, exactly. Gotta, no, gotta, no, just... Gotta lay off the deli meats, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so I had that procedure done. There was no no big deal. Um, have been able to recover from that from the weekend, so it gave me a really good reason to lay in bed with my feet up and uh, ice my nuts and just kind of watch the GP. It's been great. So, uh, so yeah, so I got a chance to watch what we're calling GP Reduke. Um, I watched all of day one and day two, and it was it was honestly, it was really, really great. Um, the first camera match was uh, versus our, our friend, uh, one of our locals, Chris Stitson. Oh, uh, that, was, that was the yeah, first that was, match? Yeah, that was the oh, first but, match that Reduke was on because it was oh, round three. Yeah, because Reduke had buys. Correct. So he had three buys. So that was the first round I actually got to watch. Um, and oh man, like that just for me set the tone for the entire weekend. It was such a good match. Unfortunately, our friend, uh, Chris ended up on the losing end of the, of the match, um, in three games, but Jerry, it was such, it was such a good match. It was such good play. Um, watching, uh, like Chris Titson, who is like a miracles master, um, playing against Reed Duke, who was on Grixis control for the weekend. It was just so, so, so enjoyable. Uh, like I said, it set the tone for the weekend. Um, I have so many good things to say about the format of the GP, the way they decided to show Reduke on camera. So we can get into that in a minute. But yeah, so that was kind of my first impression was just like started off with a bang. was a great match. Super interactive magic. Uh, high level play. Just fantastic all around. Hell yeah. I, uh, I got to talk to uh, our friend Beach. Uh He mm-hmm. was the tech guy for the uh, coverage. And yeah. yeah, it definitely looked like they put in a lot of work. Um, what I heard, I saw it there. I haven't gone back and watched any of the replays, but I heard it turned out awesome. Is I don't know why no one's done this before. They mic'd the players. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. So here's here's something that's really funny, and I brought it up in chat. Well, so one thing that I never do is have Twitch chat open, and for a few moments, I I fooled myself thinking that I could uh, interact with Twitch chat during the GP, and I was like, oh, I really love the fact that these players are mic'd up, and then someone's like, oh, well. They've been doing that for 10 years. It's not exactly a new innovation. And it's like, all right. Where? So, and it's like, it's like, all right. So it is true that, like, you do get some audio on the players, like, a very, very a small amount during most GP recordings, but, like, or most GP streams. But here's the difference, and this is something that we can kind of go into, was they had Reduke uh, mic'd up for the, for the matches, <clears throat> but they also made sure that, like, there was very little uh, coverage being announced during the match itself. So, like... 
it wasn't Marshall Sutcliffe and BDM talking over Reed Duke in his match. It was Marshall Sutcliffe with very, very limited commentary. Uh, they kept his volume pretty low, actually, so that Reed was sort of leading the match for us, mm-hmm. um, which was which was so great because Reed is just a great co- communicator, first and foremost. Um, he talks a lot during his matches. Uh, it, everything's very clear, so you don't really <laughs> – believe it or not, it's easier to follow the game when Reed's talking about it than when the coverage guys are talking about it because Reed is much more um, uh, adamant about making sure the board state is correct. Uh, cha- changing life totals. He does a great job about uh, checking life totals. A lot of times, like the the viewers knew the life totals better than the the overhead, like the overlay was, because they hadn't got a chance to update it yet. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, so sure, my players are they. You do get some kind of volume from them. You do get some kind of audio from them, but not like this GP, and certainly mm-hmm. not like the camera angles they had in this GP as well. Yeah, what I what I heard it was that coverage was almost like golf coverage, <laughs> like the announcer yeah. like whis- whispering. Over yeah, the- that's that's so. Yeah, during during uh, especially the Reduke matches, not so much during the other matches when Reduke was off camera uh, and he was in the booth, they were talking more over the matches, which was fine. It's like kind of like it sort of is like their, your safe space, right? It's like what you're used to. But during the Reduke matches, yeah, that's a really great point, Jerry. It was, it was very, like, like I said, they kept Marshall's uh, tones were really hushed. He didn't talk a lot, honestly, which was great because I, I don't like people talking a whole lot during Games of Legacy. I like watching the players myself. I think it's more interactive and, and more fun that way. Um, and uh, I, I just can't say enough good things about the way that it was done. Um, they had a great camera right right over the shoulder of Reduke, and he did a very good job of showing his cards to that camera throughout the day. He was very cognizant of that camera being there. And so you always, you pretty much always knew what was in Reed's hand, which is awesome. Um, you didn't always know what was in his opponent's hand, which was also kind of cool. So it gives you, it kind of had that feel of being at F and M and looking over the player, like the over the shoulder of the player who's in the last round and that's wrapping up. That's kind of what it felt like. But you were doing that all day long with unprecedented access to one of the top players in the game. It was I, I can't tell you how impressed I was with this GP coverage. Like I said, I watched every single round, um, and I never do that with GP coverage. So that should tell you something at least. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, really good things about coverage. I'm excited to go back and watch it. I know we were very worried when they first announced uh, mm. GP Reed Duke, as it has been come to yeah. known. <laughs> um, but were there a lot of other matches covered? Like I, when I was there, I saw they had they had uh, like three matches being filmed at a time each yeah. round. Yeah, so they had a lot of time walk matches, Jerry. Um, they they so they that's good. Uh, they didn't always have Reed on camera live. Uh, some t- sometimes he would actually be on camera and then be commentating in his own match, which was pretty sweet. Um, their plan for you know they, their plan they kind of outlined at the beginning of the GP was look, we're gonna have Reed Duke. You're gonna see him on camera every round as long as he's live for top eight, which is like great because he's in a very tight player of the year race where he's surround- He's like in front of Seth Manfield or behind Seth Manf- Man- Manfield and in front of another player who I, c- I can't recall his name right now, but it's a very like close player of the year race. So that was really cool. Um, and, uh, and, and as long as he's live for top eight, we're going to be following, uh, we're going to be following Reduke, but they did a great job of making sure you're always watching legacy. So sometimes Reduke was the live, was the live game that match. Sometimes he was a time walk match and you got a chance to listen to Reed talk about his match it- itself, which is really cool too. So, um, there was just they did a, a really I, I can't speak highly enough of how they how they went about um, showing this GP. It was really, really great. And honestly, I would watch more non legacy content if it was like that for other formats as well, because it was really interesting the way that, that the games were going. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, they had they had a lot of legacy on coverage. One of the things that I was concerned about was I don't want to watch one deck all day play a bunch of different decks which is sort of the, the format that we would have with Reed on camera all day. So there was a lot of Grixis control on, on camera, mm-hmm. which like which isn't, isn't terrible because it is a pretty interactive deck and with a lot of decision trees, which is really interesting. Um, but they also made an effort to show other decks on camera too. So I thought they did a really good job of showing the variety of Legacy. And man, just like Legacy just looks super healthy. The format looked really, really great on Saturday, Saturday and, and Friday. Hell Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really looked at any of the breakdown. I'm still decompressing and unpacking. Mm. Uh, no, it's terrible, Pat. (laughs) Coming coming home from vacation to a house full of boxes that is unpacked. (laughs) So I actually, so just a a little insider story here. I had messaged Jerry on Sunday because I was like, I'm still like recovering. I I was like pretty sore, but I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe by Monday I'll be feeling better. Maybe I can shoot up to, uh should to see jerry maybe we can get some games at edh in right and uh, i messaged jerry on monday morning and he's like uh he's like listen man i slept on uh i can't find my sheets right now so i slept on a mattress on the floor with a blanket and a pillow like a meth head so he's like, i'm not exactly up for, for company right now i'm like that's fine bro I understand. 
I did. I got work done. I today I unpacked like five boxes. Uh, I found a bunch of magic cards that I I haven't seen in like three years. So that's always a good nice, thing, right? Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, coming home from vacation, unpacking to just unpack again. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not fun. Yeah, not fun. I'm gonna run. Beh- I'm running behind. But uh, I am. I heard uh, good things uh, about kind of the breakdown. I saw Bob posted eighty five percent of the X and three decks. Oh, nice. Uh, I have not seen that yet, so I'll have to check that out yeah, as well. Yeah, well, they were all were uh, Brainstorm uh, decks, which... Yeah, well, it, I mean... It's legacy. I mean. Brainstorm's <laughs> always high, but I mean, that is actually fairly high even for, by Brainstorm accounts. Mm, yeah. I think, like, I think right now... I'm, well, I'm surprised if there's that many X3 decks that they had all had Brainstorm in them, you said? Yeah, it was or, like 80, or, 85% X3 decks. Had Brainstorm in it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of my predictions as far as what we were going to see in the top eight panned out. Like, we did see uh, Grixis. We did see Miracles. We did see Eldrazi, which is something that I called to see in the top eight. Um, and we uh, saw Rug Delver, too, which I was kind of surprised with. Um, but, I mean, I mean, from camera, the camera end, honestly, the games were interesting. And I really don't hate Brainstorm as a card in Legacy, man. It makes games, it makes games that would be non-interactive, interactive. It makes games that would be non-games, games. And, like, how can you not like that about the format? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just I can't I can't get on the I hate brainstorm train. Like yes, like brainstorm decks are going to be more uh, resilient and they're going to be more uh, uh, like uh, they're not going to have as many spikes uh, as far as like results because you're able to uh, even out your draws quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But like, but still, man, like <laughs> Eldrazi still made it in the top eight. So you know, there's a, there's chalice decks up there. There's lands decks up there. Like we're seeing we're seeing non non brainstorm decks there as well. Make make the top eight. So yeah. Uh, what were what was like the most interesting match that you saw? Uh, on so all right, so honestly, one of the coolest matches really was the Chris Hitson versus Reed Duke match. That was uh, I'm not a fan of watching Miracles matches in general. I just don't find them to be very interesting. But because you had like two control decks and two different style control decks, um, because like Grixis is a bit very much about like deploy. Like, well, he was running Jace. He had Liliana the Last Hope in the main board, so that made for very interesting game ones um, because Miracles can only handle so many of those like non-creature based permanents um, in game one. So that was really interesting to see kind of him uh, figure out how to navigate that matchup. Um, but yeah, that, that game was really, really great. Uh, the other games that were really good, man, there was just, there were so many, it was such like a blur this weekend, but um, there was a really good game where he uh, played against a uh, rug Delver in round 15. That was one of his, that was his last loss, I believe. Uh, that kind of knocked him out of top eight. That was a pretty good one. Alexander Chen, who made it into the top eight on Rug Delver. That was a pretty good uh, pretty good game. I missed the last round where he was playing against Miracles, where he drew with Anarag. Uh, I didn't see that round. Um, but, man, like, honestly, every round was worth watching. But, yeah, the first one of him versus Chris Titson totally like set the tone for me for the weekend. It was just, just super interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. So what else, what else we got here as far as... So, I mean... It was a fairly small GP. Yeah, we had so what, what Legacy had 843 players, Standard had 786, which is yeah. like pretty low turnouts. Um you said GP Providence last week had pretty low turnouts as yeah, well for Standard. GP Providence last week and also had like 700 800 players, which yeah. I think it's hilarious that Legacy had a higher turnout than Standard. <laughs> yeah, well I mean so I think I think a lot of people um well, I mean I'm we're obviously biased, right? Like I will never play a Standard GP, it just doesn't interest me. Um I also think that like right now people are a lot of people are going back to school. It's Labor Day weekend. It's not exactly the best time for for a Magic tournament. Um, I think that uh, I mean that's I, I gotta say that's sort of what I expected for numbers to look like, man. To be honest with you, I don't think we're gonna see like two thousand people at this GP. I mean, Channel Fireball was expecting twenty seven hundred. Really? Yeah. Like for one event or for both events combined? Um, I'm not clear on that, but that was the number I heard from uh, some people in the know. Yeah, uh, I, I, dude, I. I've, I can't. I find that very hard to believe, man. I don't. How many GPS do we have that hit that number lately? Pretty. I mean, before Channel Fireball took over, a lot. <laughs> that we're hitting twenty seven hundred people at a GP. Yeah, it's it's not mm. unheard of. I mean, twenty like two thousand is like the minimum you would expect for a GP. Hmm. Um. I mean, I think it's definitely a combination. I mean, it being. We're gonna like, look. Hold on. We're, I'm looking up right now on the wiki. All right. We're gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fact check this because I. Let's I do still it. don't feel like we're seeing that many people in the GP. So let's see. Let's go back to. Let's go back to. Uh, 
the beginning of the year. So there was 1,400 people for the GP Santa Clara, which is a team trios. Mm-hmm. So it was 494 teams. 1,500 for GP in Indianapolis, uh, which was a team, team limited. So 1,500 people for that. Uh, 800 and basically just under 900 people for limited in Houston, uh, just under 2000 for limited in London, just under 1700 for limited in Toronto, 2000 for limited for Mo- I'm sorry, modern in Toronto, modern in Lyon, um, just under 1100 for standard in Memphis, uh, team limited in March was 786 people team trios constructed was a thousand, just over a thousand people in Madrid. That was in March. Yeah, but keep. Keep in mind, these are also, like, single one-off GPs. Like, this was this is like a double-up weekend. Like, this was supposed to be a special event weekend. With team trios with Team trios in GPs. Kyoto was 2,200 people. I don't I don't know, man. Like, yeah, yeah like, look there's... At, look at all, like, Vegas, the team trios, the double-up weekends. Like, this is... These were, like, I'm talking the, like, special occasion GPs, which this one was supposed to be. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean... I don't know the, the the GP in LA in August was a thou- was just under eleven hundred people. Yeah, once again, Pat, <laughs> the special GPs, not the regular GPs that are just like a random event. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm finding that hard to even like. Well, I guess in Vegas, well, like GP Vegas, so it was modern and limited. That was like twenty seven hundred and two thousand people. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense because those are two extremely popular formats, and it's also Vegas. But yep, then Kyoto, which know. was Team Trios, twenty two hundred. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just like. Yes, like I mean, even even by regular GP standards, this was small. Like most regular GPs for just like a single event weekend, get around like a thousand to twelve hundred. Yeah, so, and which is you know we're getting like fifty percent less than a regular average GP. Um, yeah. you know that definitely. But again, it is it is like the weekend that people are going back. Yeah. To, back to college or if going this, back to high school. And, and I could see that if this was just a regular GP weekend. But like the fact that this but, was supposed to be like a special one where they had like they had PTQs on the Sunday, which is there's something they only do for the special GPs. Right. Like I mean they they put the effort into this like GP Reduke like they put the effort into these GPs and they're not seeing the attendance. Yeah, I mean well. <laughs> I, that's probably a different conversation we can have about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong when it comes to oh, yeah. uh, the GPs. Um, I mean, I think everyone's been really grumbling about the uh, CFB monopoly. There, that was actually a big talk while I was there. Um, yeah. Both Saturday and Sunday, uh, I was just walking around the venue and I, like all these people I'm talking to, they're like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. There's nothing to do here. Yeah, um, like I, I guess, yeah, I don't know, man, like... I, I, I've also heard the opposite. Like, I heard there was also, like, a brawl championship. There was a pauper championship. There was a bunch of side events going on. So, I, I that kind of straw poll doesn't really do it for me. Like, yeah, like, maybe a bunch of people that got knocked out of the Legacy GP are like, oh, what do I do now for Legacy? But, yeah, like, they're not going to be have, have a bunch of Legacy side events, you know? Yeah, but I don't understand why you think that's normal. Like, that is not the norm for Legacy GPs. Like, If you went to if Legacy, you- if you went to GP Vegas... Like the only thing they had for Legacy was like eight mans. Yeah, after the, the after the main event, what, because it was Channel Fireball, right? That that's a bad thing. <laughs> what do you what do you ex, what do you expect to have? I'm expecting Legacy eight mans like firing on demand. I'm expecting that's what they were. I'm Legacy ex- eight mans firing on demand. Yeah, they don't have that. They okay. didn't have that. They, I'm also expecting them to actually have you know Legacy special events that are actually either either worth something or actually more than three rounds of Swiss. Like yeah. the fact that they only have two legacy events at one and four for thirty five dollars for friggin' three rounds of Swiss. It was just it was just there was nothing it, to do. Like people people were like, I wish I booked my my flight earlier so I could go yeah. home already. Like that is not the yeah, experience. That's not like, you, that is not the experience you want people having at a GP. Yeah, that's fair. That's not what you want. That's not what you want yeah, like, at your GP. I played in the Brawl Championship because Gavin was there, and Gavin handed me a deck. If he hadn't <laughs> done that, I've been like, "Well, I guess I'm exploring Richmond this today." Yeah, um, and yeah. That, I know lots of people who did that. Wilson and James went and explored Richmond on uh, on Saturday because they scrubbed out a day one, and there was nothing to do on site, so they left. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, but like, like I, I don't know. I'm kind of down with that. Like, I'm not a hu- I'm not a huge fan of like side events. After I sc- if I scrub out of a GP, I kind of like doing other things. 
Um, I mean, but, that that's fine because it was like Richmond, which is a pretty cool city, but for like yeah. GPs in Worcester or GPs in Detroit. Or hey, GPs, Worcester's a town on the move, okay, Jerry? You watch it. All right. And GPs in, like, town on the rise. GPs in like suburban New Jersey. Like right, there, there's right. lots of GPs where if there's nothing to do with the GP, you're basically staying in the hotel room. Yeah, but like you know, I, I also think that like if there, was dema- if there was demand for these events, don't you think they'd run them? Like because Channel Fireball has had so much – They've had so much data. They know what people pay no, for. They uh, know what's profitable. Like, you're thinking of Star City Games. Star City Games is obsessed with data. They crunch the numbers, and that's why Star City Games has side events at their opens. Channel Fireball thinks they know what players want, and so you're just left with everyone sitting around and wanting to do something, and Channel Fireball handing them, look, TurboTown tickets. Go play TurboTown. Yeah, no one wants know, to man. play fucking TurboTown. I don't know. I, I, I just, I truly feel like, like, it's a capitalist endeavor. Like they're going to fulfill the needs that are there. Like just because, just because you don't fit, just because your needs aren't fulfilled, doesn't mean that like the majority of players aren't happy with the side events that are at the GP. The majority, you know I mean? the majority of players that I talk to on site, post a poll in the group, and I guarantee you, of people who were at the event, there wasn't much to do. Like I would walk around, and people were just sitting at tables, like jamming side games, just like waiting for their friend who was in, who didn't scrub out. Uh, to you know, finally go do something. Like, right. It was right. it was not a good experience on site. I had a ton of fun with everyone. I loved hanging out and going to the bars and getting food and going to great restaurants with people. But the best experiences I had at this GP were not at the GP, which yeah, interesting is great because I mean, like, it's well, it's it's tough because I want to go to GPs because I want to see my friends and I want to hang out right. with them. But it's like, well, why are we letting Channel Fireball decide where we hang out together? It's like, it's just an excuse to hang out, which is the only reason why I think GPs are getting any attendance at all, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose. I still think there's something to be said for players who want to who wanna win GPs. Like, there's still a lot of people who want to win a GP, who want to top eight a GP. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's, tough for, it's tough for me to make a, like, make a distinction on there just because, like I said, if you're taking a straw poll of people who you know who are all legacy players who have scrubbed out of the GP like there's also also Pat when was the last event you even went to <laughs> so I went to GP Vegas last summer and before uh, that <laughs> before that was Columbus the summer before <laughs> I don't go to a lot of GPs man yeah so you go to and like one and you're looking on from the outside I go to the I go to the opens I go to the Worcester open like the Worcester opens obviously but those are run by SCG so like yeah and the, the I, I don't know man like great. I, like but what it comes down to is, you know, players have a limited budget. If you can only afford to either either time-wise or money-wise make one or two tournaments a year, I don't think GPs are on the list anymore. I would rather travel for a Star City Open that's legacy than a, than a GP. Like, but maybe that's better, though. Maybe that's better for the game. It's better for the game that the tournament series is shit that no one wants to go that, to like it? The I GP don't series, that. that the GP series, you don't have people go... Because... The EV for a Tell, GP win Pat, is so... Say that again out loud. It's better for the game that their that their premium tournament series is bad and no one wants to go to it. Not that it's bad, that it's not worth flying across the country for. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's better... I think you're better off having, like, the, the thriving populace of your game playing locally. Like, at local PTQs, local RPTQs, playing at your FNMs, playing at your... Your one, your local one Ks and whatever. Like I think that's better for the game than supporting something like Channel Fireball or Star City Games. Like they don't do anything for the game. I one hundred compared to like your local game store. No, I one hundred percent disagree with that. I would, mm. I wouldn't know half the people in Magic if that was true. If you only got to play with people in your local area, you wouldn't learn new things. Like if you, you if you played. People. So what I'm what I'm saying is like, imagine if like the ecosystem was like anything else. Like you don't travel to GPS. You wait for the GP to come closer to you, and then you go to them. Then you attend them. So like. You're not like you're not flying all over the country to go to a GP. Like when the GP comes to you, you get into it. But otherwise, like you're supporting your local stores by playing. No, you're what you're not supporting local stores though. It's still Channel Fireball coming to your char- town. If anything, it's bad for your local stores because Channel Fireball's rolling into town to suck up everyone's money. That's no, that's better for your stores that you that the majority no, of your playing Pat, is going on at your stores. Pat, you're still playing at your local stores. You're missing the point. The point is, is if the tournament series is not worth going to. There's not a point in having a tournament series, right? So then, don't you think that the need would be soaked up by local 
by local stores then? No. If people would peter out because there's nothing to aspire to. If the best I can ever be is the best in my local game shop, I'm going to give up once I've become the best in my local game shop because there's nothing else to aspire to. Mm, That's that, what sounds the gr- the that sounds like the attitude of a quitter, Jerry. I don't like quitters on the show. Once, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Pat, you're saying it's like, why would you ever play in the, uh, I don't think it's okay for us to have an NFL. We have high school football. Let's support the local high schools and disband the Well, NFL. that's, no, that's very, that's a hundred percent. That no, is your that model. Is a, that is, that a, is that 100% a team. your model. No, that is like, that is like a, a, a oh my team God. sports the versus individual. The fact that you can't no, see that that is the exact same situation. It would be, it would be mind. more like, it's more, no, you know what that's more like? It's more like Little League. Where like the majority of little league is played like in like because there's no place for like for uh, a high school team to play like a national championship series like, that's not really something that a lot of yes, high schools do. They're not like national they, cha- they, yes, they have, like, there is. they have like state championships. How do, how am I schooling you on sports analogies here? There is the <laughs> national little league championship where the, the, local high and that's, school teams, and that's why I'm saying baseball is more analogous to that. But the majority of the baseball is played. In your town, in those like in those small towns, like they only yeah, travel, like only magic. very the majority very few- of magic is still played in small shops around yeah. around the country. But the whole point is, oh, it's the once a year, you know, legacy GP. I'm gonna travel to where it is, meet all my friends from around the country that I've met mm-hmm. through magic, and I'm going to challenge myself against the best players from the country. If all it is is local game shops, I'm quitting magic because I'm gonna get bored with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, I. I- I still think that Channel Fireball is probably getting what they're what they're expecting to be getting out of this tournament series. I can't imagine they would have re-upped their GP contract if they weren't making money on it. I don't think I, they have re-upped their GP contract. They've this has been the second year they've done it. They did they did is then all last year they did it again no, this year, I, didn't I they? Think, no, I'm pretty sure this is still their same contract and people are actually talking about they don't think they're gonna even either not put in a bid or drastically reduce their bid because they are losing money hand over fist on the GP circuit. Interesting. That's very interesting. I, I haven't heard that. So, I mean, I, again, I don't know enough about how the... I think you would need uh, to actually, like, start going to more GPs and actually talking to people at the events. People who No, work, that's, that, that seems people, like the worst way of doing a straw poll, Jerry. People who work for the company, people who work the events... You 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 don't want you to get information. You don't from ask. On the listen, front you don't lines. you don't go to Walmart and ask a cashier how business is. They don't know how business is. And if you think that they do, like you're you're insane. No, like just because they just because they your, like, your they're not privy is completely to that information. Off. The the difference how? is there isn't a there isn't a GP in every city around the country. But the, I'm saying, like, if you want, a, like, there's you one want, GP a week, and it's the same handful of people in going to that same GP series. Right. You but, go. I go to GPs in Massachusetts, Virginia, uh, Ohio, St. Like all over the country, and I see the same people there because they're on the circuit and talking yeah. to them. It's not looking good. It's, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, you're not talking to the cashier. You're talking to the person who is at every single GP. Okay, well, we're clearly at an impasse here. We're not going to get... This isn't even what this podcast is about. I really don't care if, if Channel Fireball is making money in their GPs. If they're, not, if they're not like fulfilling the needs of their customers, then obviously they'll find someone else to do it. It's not difficult. I'm sure there are a bunch of TOs I who mean, are clamoring to take over the GP series. No, basically, yeah. What they should do is they should go back to the old model where they have different vendors competing. Well, that for that the was GPs. also terrible because no. the, the swings, so, the swings, the swings that like the swings in quality of GPs were wild. You know for a fact, yeah, but that, like, at least we had the, good the cost, GPs, and you the knew which were, ones, you knew which ones to go to. So we went from oh, the so system that, that's where we a, had that's a bad experience though, no, Jerry. Like no, that's you went that means you system. have to be some kind of insider to know which GPs are worth going. to. You don't to. need to be an insider though. All you have to do is actually talk to me, like. Literally, you went from a system where you had some amazing GPs, some mediocre GPs, and some bad GPs. Now we have an entire system where every single GP is bad. How is that an upgrade? How did we, like, at least you had some good GPs on the old system. I don't know. Even even the know. Me, even the mediocre GPs under the old system were better than the GPs now. Like I'm I'm 100% serious when I think this is probably my last GP as long as Channel Fireball has a monopoly. Uh, I don't know, man. The only reason why I would go to a GP in the future is for the opportunity to hang out with my friends. And if sure. we all decide that we're going to go meet up somewhere else, whether it be a well, listen, weekend that, that's or... the main reason to go to any GP, like because the EV is so terrible. Like, what's it like? Uh, 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 who Andrew Cuneo had to run through like nine hundred legacy players this weekend to win ten grand. Like, that's not a like, good payout for a, a nine hundred person tournament. It's not that. I mean. 
it's the went through that for ten grand, and then everyone else you had to pay seventy dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm didn't saying. Didn't come the with EV's a playmat, and even if yeah. you don't want playmats, that's fine because usually you can sell the resell the playmat for ten to twenty dollars and recoup some value, right. and then just like just like the pro, like where it's oh yeah, a, this it's is a, GP no this is GP no playmat too. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's I'm beating a dead horse here, but like the EV like the EV has gotten worse, prices have gone up, it's reached a breaking point, isn't, and we're isn't that like a sign though that like maybe the maybe the GP model isn't working for Magic anymore? No, I think the current model isn't working. I think they need to go back to the old model. Like we went the from, old model of of a bunch of different TOs with different prices for every GP. There was no stability in the prices. There was no stability in the quality of the GP of the events yes, that were run. Because then you put the, the power in the consumer to choose which GPs they want to go to. That's the whole point of competition. That is I, what I, capitalism I, is. You get the best product by introducing competition into the marketplace. So I the don't, vendors have to compete for the players, which is good for the players. You don't want to give a monopoly to Channel Fireball where they can just give you a shit sandwich and say, eat it or there's nothing else out there. So you better yeah. be happy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we should probably just move on to your uh, to your tournament and how that was. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, just do that. I'm going to be interested to see what our uh, guest thinks about it since he, he played <laughs> in, uh, I believe, day two and also the, uh, the PTQ uh, on Sunday. So... We'll get his opinion on it. Um, yeah, so for as far as my tournament went, um, I was on Trinity Tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I switched to Trinity Tell is because I was expecting a lot of Death and Taxes. I thought Death and Taxes was going to be the most popular uh, deck which, going into the weekend. Which seemed to, pl- I mean, spoiler alert, seemed to pay off <laughs> handsomely, right? <laughs> yes, it did. So in my eight rounds on day one, I played Death and Taxes four times. So for me, 50% of the meta was Death and Taxes. Um, so my prediction paid off. Um, I was able to beat three of the death and taxes matches, uh, pretty easily. Uh, but the fourth one, unfortunately got me. Um, I can mm-hmm. beat Athalia, I can beat a revoker. I can beat uh, Caracas. However, all of those ways that I beat that involve casting spells that cost three mana. And unfortunately mm-hmm. can't beat Sanctum Prelate. That is the one thing. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> cannot beat. Yeah. No show and tell, no cunning wish, no Kozilek's commands, no raging river. Like, uh, Sanctum Prelate was lights out, so I ended up losing game three of uh, that Death and Taxes matchup. So, I mean, for the most part, though, 75% win rate against a deck is pretty good. So, Especially one that used to give you serious fits. So. Oh, yeah, which used to be one of the worst matchups, now being a 75% matchup. Um, I mean, obviously, those are rough numbers. We're talking about four matches here, but still, uh, they felt very good, and I think that that fourth one, if things had gone a little differently, if they hadn't drawn... Uh, some cards, and if I had drawn some different cards, it easily could have swung the other direction. So, uh, very happy about my meta call uh, and just you know my deck choice. Uh, I thought it was great uh, for you know what I was expecting. I did though going into it, like I wasn't happy to be playing sneak and show or just combo in general. Um, really, this did not feel like a good weekend for combo. Um, felt like there was a lot of hate in the room, and that the meta was really shifted towards this fair dynamic. And honestly, if I had a little bit more time to test something else, I would have been much happier uh, playing a fair deck, either like Esper or Grixis and Troll or, um, you know, maybe even a Delver deck, though. Um, I didn't want to play Death Shadow, and I do think that was the best Delver deck of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you thought that Grixis, that Grixis Shadow was, or that Blue Black Death Shadow was the best deck of the weekend? Uh, the best Delver deck. Oh, the best deck. Delver deck? The best okay, Delver interesting. deck. Um, interesting. I, like, I don't really like that style um, of, of Delver deck. I like my Delver decks to be a bit more kind of, uh, you know, less less tempo-y and just going super low and, you know, clocking them super fast. So mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would have rather played either like the Grixis Control or the uh, the blue, even the blue-white Delver looked like a lot of fun. Uh, and a lot yeah, of I'm not a huge fan that. of that list, personally. Uh, a lot of people have had success with that. I know. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. It's like, just not my style. It's not my style of Delver deck. Yeah, like, I don't want to be casting Stoneforge Mystic, personally. <laughs> it's not a card I ever want to have to cast. Yeah, I don't like I, tapping planes in Legacy. I just I just think Swords to Plowshares is just super good in the meta. Oh, right totally. Now. Well, I think, I think honestly, like, you're either playing white or you're playing black. You have to play one of those two colors right now. Yeah. Because one's going to give you access to Edict, one's going to give you access to Swords, and you need that uh, with enough lands running around, enough turbo depths running around. Uh, you just need those two. You need those two outs. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I played against four Death and Taxes matchups, went three and one against them. Uh, my overall record for the day was four four. 
Um, I lost my other loss came against uh, a, a Patriot Delver deck, mm-hmm. and uh, man, he they got me. They I, I forget my opponent's name, but they made a great play in game three uh, of the matchup. Um, turn two, they ambush Vipered in a Snapcaster Mage. No just targets. for no value. Yeah, no value, just EOT, snipe, uh, Ambush Viper, Snapcaster Mage, just to get a clock on me, and it yep. worked. Like, because he cast the uh, Snapcaster Mage with, uh, you know, noth- no, nothing to get value off of, started mm-hmm. clocking me, and he just had a grip full of counter spells that I was able to fit, fight through, but he also was able to deploy a Vendillion Click, and that plus the Snapcaster Mage. Um, killed me the turn before I was going to combo off on him. That's, that's very interesting because so a conversation you have, you and I have had before, especially because you and I have played against like we've done the the sneak and show matchup versus Blue Red Delver, and one of the issues you say is like Blue Red Delver has a very fast clock and they have enough permission to make it a nightmare matchup for sneak and show, and it seems like your um, the Jeskai Stoneblade opponent had that same read. Like if I can just get pressure, I have enough permission in my hand to make to to kill them hopefully before they're able to go off. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and I, I give my opponent props for recognizing that. Yeah. Um. You know, he was able to recognize that uh, he needed to get a clock off on me, and you know, every turn counts, and he couldn't afford to, you know, get value off a of Snapcaster Mage. He just he needed a two two damage beater. As a legacy player, I feel like that goes against our nature to not get the max value out of all of our creatures. So <laughs> yeah, I totally think you should give him some props for that because that goes against our nature. That is something that no one ever wants to have to do. It's usually a desperation move, and to do that proactively to get it to establish a clock quickly against a, a deck that is trying to combo off, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty spot on. Right. Um, so, props to that. Uh, my other loss came against Grixis Delver, and I'm kicking myself, Pat, because I punted so hard. Yeah. So this was uh, this was round two, and I feel like this was kind of a turning point for my weekend. If I hadn't made this terrible punt, uh, my my weekend might have gone a little bit differently. Um, basically, game three, Grixis Delver, uh, not a great matchup, but I was just able to, you know, get the the cheese hand turn game uh, game one. Yeah. Uh, game two, Grixis Delver does what Grixis Delver does, and uh, he put me away pretty quickly. And then game three, I actually had the upper hand. Um, my opponent had Underground Sea, Volcanic Island in play. Uh, they had a Delver Secrets that I ended up. Uh, drawing a pyroblast for so the delver secrets was dead but one thing i got off the delver secrets is to flip it he revealed a lightning bolt so uh-huh. i knew he had a lightning bolt in hand and he had one unknown card in hand underground sea volcanic uh, island for lands uh, my board is a bunch of mana uh sneak attack grizzle brands and force of will um, ah, okay so i sneak attack in grizzle brand and I'm like, all right, I can't pay seven because then he'll just bolt me in response and I'll lose the game. Don't want to make mm-hmm. a, don't want to make a punt and do that. That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I sneak attack in Grizzle Brands and I just go to attack to get my life total high and then I'll draw seven after damage when I gain the life. That way I get a full grip and I can uh, you know set up for the second sneak attack to finish him off. Yep. Uh, my opponent taps out and casts Diabolic Edict as the last unknown card in hand. And I'm like, oh, man, all right. Well, I can't draw seven to find a blue card because then I'll just bolt me. And I just got super tunnel vision. And, uh, like, even though he was tapped out, I was still playing around lightning bolts. Um, so I let the Diabolic Eater resolve, put the Grizzle Brain in my graveyard, and then instantly recognized my mistake and was just kicking myself. And uh, he ended up drawing a uh, Delver Secrets a few turns later. I wasn't able to find another creature, and he killed me. Jeez. So tough I, beats. Yeah, I felt that was kind of the uh the linchpin of the weekend. Um so that one's gonna haunt me for a bit, but I mean I recognize my mistake and I can I can work on getting better with that. That is something that yeah. I have a lot of t- trouble with. I do get tunnel vision really yeah. bad when I'm playing matches. Like I think I think also something too that that's worth being said, and I'm not accusing you this you of this or anything, but something I think that can affect a lot of players is being able to bounce back from a from a, a quote unquote bad beat or from a, from a misplay. Um, being able to get your head back in the tournament and get back to, to business can be difficult for some players, so that's oh, also yeah. worth noting. Yeah, luckily I don't have much trouble with that, which is nice, yeah. but I, I do know that is a big problem for a lot yeah. of players. Having, having a short memory is something that we talk about a lot in sports, and you got to have a short memory. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, but how do you pass your drug test then, Pat? <laughs> uh, tell me about this crazy judge call because we talked about it on the Facebook page. Which, well, actually, t- listen, Justin, you might want to edit this part out if Jerry doesn't want to talk about it. Jerry, do you want to talk about this judge call or do you want to just yeah? Move on? No, I, I 100% want to talk about this. Okay, judge call. all right, Justin, you can leave this in. Uh, but just uh, so you had a kind of an, an, a crazy judge call. I think honestly, part of it was part of it was miscommunication on your opponent's part, and part of it was muscle memory on your part. Tell me about what happened with this judge call against Eldrazi and why you are now the new uh, face of cheating in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> well, well, hypothetical, Jerry, is the, is the face of cheating. <laughs> no, well, first of all, I will say this. I will say this for all of our listeners. And I said the same thing on the Facebook page, I'm pretty sure. Jerry has, is one of the most high-integrity players I've ever played against. There is no man in this world who would let a Delver go unflip that many turns in a row without trying to manipulate his deck illegally. <laughs> The man, listen, the man, if, if nothing else, if nothing else, he is extremely, he, he is, he has 100% integrity when it comes to playing magic. So, and that, and that is said with ingest, but also with a lot of sincerity. Um, I would never expect you, Jerry, to be doing anything like angle shooting or anything. That's just not in your nature. So please tell me what happened against Eldrazi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can have a nice little like story time and also a little learning moment for all of our yeah, listeners. Definitely. Uh, as people pointed out after the fact, it's like, all you had to do is show the head judge your uh, Facebook posts about uh, cheating. <laughs> they would <laughs> about just like my rallying against cheaters in the game but yeah so but i mean this is kind of eye-opening for me because i can definitely see where you can just be in the wrong place at the wrong time um, yeah so this was uh round seven i'm mm-hmm. three and three at this point so i'm just in the just for fun bracket yeah you're not playing for a whole lot there's nothing yeah. on the line really like no, i'm playing because i'm playing because I'm, i get to play competitive legacy and there's honestly not at nowhere else this weekend <laughs> where i can play competitive legacy R- right so I'm exactly like, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get my games in yeah. Um, so I got paired against my opponent. We're talking before the match. Uh, he's like a Canadian player. Um, he says, and he's a grinder. So he said the first time he played Legacy was on the Pro Tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was he was the Legacy seat for his team, and it was the first time that he played Legacy. He's usually a standard player. Okay. Um, so we're playing in the GP, and he's on Eldrazi. I'm on, you know, obviously Trinity Tell. Um, game three. I go, actually, no, it's game two. I won game one. Game two, I just go show and tell, uh, flip over, show and tell, reveal Grizzlebrand. My opponent flips over and reveals Sorcerer Spyglass. Sure. Uh, my opponent goes trigger. And okay, so hold on. Before we, before <laughs> we move on, I want to just read the Oracle text on Sorcerer Spyglass because... <laughs> You want to frame me and just <laughs> no 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 I want so I, I just, want everyone I want to say I want to say I went around the room I talked to like Tom Smiley Jason Grigley Bob ba- Wong like I talked to a bunch of very well played Magic players who play Legacy all the time and they actually had to stop and think because of the way Sorcerer Spyglass interacts on e- the exactly exactly and that's what I w- yeah yeah that's why I want to mention because the the wording again if someone says trigger you think you have a uh, uh, a chance to respond to that. And if you're not really thinking about the way the card's worded, I can see where there's a miscommunication yeah. there. Well, so Sorcerer well, Spyglass... You're, you're spoiling the punchline, Pat. Was I, right. My opponent so, plays yeah. Sorcerer Spyglass, and my opponent says, uh, trigger. Sorcerer Spyglass trigger. Right. And then what happens? Uh, well, are, are you going to read the Oracle text? Yeah, I'll read the text now. <laughs> As Sorcerer Spyglass enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand, then choose any card name. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So his his thought was flashing, well, not flashing, but show and tell Sorcerer Spyglass in, name Grizzlebrand, right? Shut down your ability to draw seven cards. Right, but the thing is, he has to name a player. And so I think the way most players think about Sorcerer Spyglass... Well, it says look at an opponent's hand. Yeah, it doesn't so say it, name a player. It just says name, but it feels like it's like look at target player's hand. Like that's in your mind, and when you even just like say it out loud, I, that's how a lot of players just say Sorcerer Spyglass. So mm-hmm. like it's, it's very understandable to kind of see, you know, why you would think that it's a target and thus a trigger, but it isn't. Right. So my opponent goes Sorcerer Spyglass uh, and just says, uh, points as a sport, Sorcerer Spyglass and says trigger. Right. Um, as a sneak and show player, uh, as any, any of you know, <laughs> you have a certain knee jerk reaction when you yes. show and tell in Grizzlebrand and your opponent says trigger. Because right. usually it's something like Palace Jailer or Oblivion Ring. Flicker Wisp, something yeah, like that, flick, right? Flicker Wisp, where you're like, all right, I got to get my cards in before they, like, they, they get rid of it. So. Sure. Uh, my opponent says trigger. I just knee jerk go, okay, pay seven, draw seven. My opponent says, okay. I start drawing my cards. I draw my sixth card. And as I start drawing my cards, I see my opponent kind of like look down 
and I re- I realize as I'm drawing my cards that he's reading his sorcerer's spyglass. Yep. I get six cards in, and he goes, oh, wait, hold on a second. I misread it. It's it's not a trigger. Right. Uh, so I'm like, okay. I raise my hand. I'm like, judge. Uh, judge comes over. Uh, we explain to the floor judge what happens. Uh, floor judge goes, okay, uh, because uh, you did not name a player with Sorcerer Spyglass, uh, nothing happens, and he gets to keep his card, so finish drawing your seventh card. <laughs> Inter- okay, interesting. And my opponent just goes, I would like to appeal. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fair. And I say, I don't blame you. That that's that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> like- seem right. And uh, like uh, my friend Jason was sitting next to us, and he's just like, "Oh my god! If you get to keep these, it'll be the most Jason ridiculous." <laughs> no, uh, Jason, oh, okay. Jason Richardson. Oh, okay. uh, he, he just like he just like he hears the judge call, and he just looks up from his game and just starts laughing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I would also appeal in this situation. That sounds yeah. like a ridiculous call. Sure, sure. Um, so he uh, he appeals. Head judge comes over, explain what happens to the head judge. Head judge uh, conducts a full investigation, Mm -hmm. uh, takes my opponent, takes my opponent off to the side, talks to my opponent, brings my opponent back down, brings me over, uh, goes and says, uh, so do you know what Sorcerer's Spyglass does? And I'm like, well, yeah, I I thought so. I mean, mean, yeah. He's like, have you played against Sorcerer's Spyglass? I'm like, well, yeah. Have you played against Pithing Needle? I'm like, yeah. Have you played against Revoker? I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you play much Legacy? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, so and I'm wearing, through the Leaving a Legacy shirt that yeah, Jerry's wearing. Yeah, wearing the Leaving a Legacy shirt. He like see, He's seen my like completely foiled out sneak and show deck. So I'm just like, yes, I play a lot of Legacy. And he just goes, what were you thinking? <laughs> right. Which is like just, a fair. That's okay. Okay. That's yeah. fair. And I'm just like. Maybe a little catty, but okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, honestly, I, he, I thought it's a target player and it was a knee jerk reaction. You know, you draw cards when your opponent says trigger. So yeah. I was like, I had to get my cards in before the trigger resolves. That's what I was thinking. And on top of that, your opponent also said, okay. Like your opponent gave, like said, okay. Like yeah. they, they did the other thing, which, which, you know, that's not their job to tell you not to draw the cards. But if if you say like if you're gonna make a game action and someone says okay, that's another reason. Again, it's not a reason to do it, and it doesn't make it correct. But that's something where like muscle memory comes into play, and like you're just playing and you just draw the draw the cards right without thinking right. much of it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Uh, he goes, you can go sit down. And as I'm going to sit down, I'm like, fuck. I he thinks I'm a savage. I, I'm a cheater. Like I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible cheater. And I'm just yeah. like, I like if I heard the story, I would think I'm guilty. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like. Like, thank God we were in, like, the just for fun bracket. Because I think right. if this was, like, the eight, like the 7 and 0 bracket, like, I would, I think I definitely would have been disqualified. You would, I think you would have gotten a, a GRV for sure, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, it's also, as someone pointed out after the fact, which made me realize just why it also looks so suspicious, was Dan Ward just got banned, uh, DQ'd from the Pro Tour for a very similar situation. The difference Interesting. being... So in the Pro Tour, it was in Modern, his mm-hmm. opponent, uh, Aether Vialed in Meddling Mage, mm-hmm. and Dan Ward said, in response to the trigger, uh, Swords to Plowshares, the Meddling Mage. Uh, Meddling Mage is a similar situation where it's just that when it comes into play, you name a card. There is no trigger. Right. And, and right. The, judge, the judge ruled that Dan Ward was, a, you know, uh, uh, an accomplished legacy player or, you know, accomplished magic player who has interacted with these cards before. He should know that it's not a trigger. Right. Right. Um, so he was DQ'd from the event. Yeah. So, yeah. so, like, the only difference being that Dan Ward was the one who said trigger, uh, where in this case it was my opponent who said trigger. Right. Right. Um, so judge comes over and goes, okay, I think this was an honest mistake. And I'm like, Jesus, thank God. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and last thing I need, to need is to like be DQ'd in the just for fun where I'm like, yeah, I'll play one oh more my, match. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, so he goes, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, six cards at random from your hand because I never drew the seventh card. Take six cards at random from your hand and put them back on top of your library in a random order. And they're like, right. Okay. Rizal's judge is like, okay, play on it. He starts filling out the match slip. And I go, okay, uh, your turn. My opponent plays a land, passes. I attack, pass. Opponent does nothing. I attack, pass. Opponent does nothing. I attack and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and then literally the game is over before the judge can finish writing out our time extension. Right, right. <laughs> and then I'm just like, 
right, like I said, you you said you're a standard player and you grind. Like, do the planeswalker points mean it matter to you? And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm playing. I'm like, oh, you can just have the win then. Yeah. So you scoop. <laughs> so you like did sco- a cool thing. You scooped him. In. You beat yeah. him. Scooped him in, and then yeah, moved on with your right. life. Right. So so that. But so after the fact, I was talking to a judge friend who shall not be named, and uh, the head judge. So what the what they'll often do at uh, GPs and other big events is. They'll give, you know, the head judge will give hypothetical situations to other judges yep. as a way to kind of like practice with them and get their opinions yeah. on difficult things. So he used mine as a hypothetical. He didn't use any names. And he basically told that story to like all the judges there. And my friend basically said that the majority of the floor judges there were just like, oh, yeah, that sneaking show player is a scumbag. He- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, great. <laughs> It's exactly what you've been going for, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly what I've been going for. I'm glad all the. I mean, they did. They did, it was uh, they. As far as they knew, it was a hypothetical situation. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> four, four years into a, a podcast where all we want to do is prop up the community, and all of a sudden you're <laughs> <laughs> like DQ'd for cheating. I'm yeah, just, seriously. But like, I do actually have more sympathy now for for these players. Like, it is very easy to just like in that situation, just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. If that totally. judge had kind of fallen on the other side of the fence, I easily could have been DQ'd in the just-for-fun bracket. Right, yeah, which is like, that's the worst, right? <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. So that was my experience, and then I finished off my last round opponent. Uh, round eight was against uh, our friend James from uh, Humans of Magic. Oh, yeah. Um, so we kind of just played a, a fun match, but he was on he has He has a very sexy-looking deck. Yes, yeah, Japanese. Uh, oh, it's all German. It's oh, German. it's all German? Is yeah. that what it is? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, but yeah, so we, we kind of played. I, I definitely was just kind of goofing off, but I think James is very favored in that matchup anyways, and he took the win. Yep. Um, I, I kept an all-Lotus pedal hand. Yeah, I mean, the better <laughs> players are usually favored in the matches up. So, yeah, yeah, that too. That too. You, you got that right. <laughs> um, so, all right. So that was great. Uh, you got to play James. Now, tell me about the Brawl Tournament, because this is something that we might get into, uh, maybe not on this podcast. Maybe we'll start a new podcast. We, we talk with, with a friend of ours, so... Uh, tell me a little bit about Brawl, what that's been like. So Brawl was a ton of fun, and I'm actually really glad there was an event uh, that day because it gave me something to do on Saturday after I scrubbed out. Um, yep. So our friend Gavin was there, um, and Gavin uh, ended up uh, coming because there was the first ever Brawl Championship right. at, uh, at GP Richmond. So And he digs he, Brawl quite a bit, right? Well, he invented the format, so I, yeah. I would think he digs it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so he was there to kind of be in attendance for the first ever Brawl Championship, um, and he brought seven decks with him. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so he actually ended up loaning out a bunch of Brawl decks to people who wanted to play in the event, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this sweet blue-green Merfolk deck with Kumetra, which oh, nice. I am I am building on Magic Online, because that deck was so much fun pat yeah yeah uh so it's so just 60 card singleton similar to commander but using the cards in standard correct yeah 60 card singleton commander standard legal cards only which is actually fun because you get like the fun experience of like wacky commander decks but because it's such a limited carpool you don't have like in like the problem with competitive commander i feel is that there's just too many cards that even in a singleton format people just get way too spiky and i just don't i'm i don't enjoy it Right. It feels it feels like constructed cube, which yeah. is just not really something that uh, I want to be playing in a competitive way. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I I liked it a lot. I mean, what my deck was it was blue green. Metro the commander uh, is one blue green, uh, and it's uh, tap a merfolk, and it's unblockable until end of turn, which I'm pretty sure you never use. Um, <laughs> tap three merfolk, draw a card. Tap five merfolk, put a plus one, plus one counter on each, mer- on up to five uh, merfolk. Or, yeah, no, tap five merfolk, put a plus one, plus one counter on each merfolk you control. Okay. Uh, and then it has an enchantment with whenever you play a merfolk, put a one, one merfolk into play. Okay. Uh, and then there's another enchantment that whenever a creature comes into play, you put a plus one, plus one on a creature that shares a creature type with it. And like, so basically it's like triggers galore and you just like spiral off. <laughs> You're drawing all these cards. There's like a uh, throne of the God Pharaoh where it's at the end of your turn, each opponent loses life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Oh, it's so, and so you're pumping all your creatures. You're tapping yeah. them all. Yeah. So you're making a ton of merfolk. You're putting plus one, plus one counters on all of them and if, uh, attacking with them. And then uh, you're drawing cards with them and it just snowballs. Then there's like paradox engine, which is whenever a creature comes into play on, Tap, uh, or whenever you cast a spell, 
uh, untap on non-land uh, permanents you control. Mm-hmm. So you cast a merf, you tap all your merfolk, put plus one plus one counters or draw cards. You cast a merfolk, they all untap. You draw a card. Like it, it felt like playing like almost legacy elves a little bit in this yeah. like, standard deck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so it was a ton of fun. Um, got to play like with some really sweet uh, decks, and I, I'm just sold on Commander. I loved it. I'm, I'm there, definitely putting together a deck uh, for Magic Online. And there's no, um, there's no limit as far as um, like CMC of cards. It's not like uh, Tiny Leaders where you had like a everything had to be under under three CMC. It's like whatever you want in the de- in the deck, singleton format, Legendary Commander, and it's a sixty card. Yeah, I mean it's it's commander with standard legal cards, and because it's standard legal cards, decks are only sixty cards. Oh, Jerry, long. I think this sounds like something that we should definitely be definitely be putting together and streaming because that yeah, sounds like and, a lot of fun. And what it was, what I realized is, I've been I kind of wanted to dip my toe into standard with Dominaria because I love Dominaria so yep. much, and I was just drafting a ton, and I have all these cards, but I like I only I have one Teferi, one Mox Amber, like like you can't really put together a standard deck just drafting, but right. You can easily put together uh, some brawl decks with just your draft, like like Magic Online. If you draft, anyways, it is super easy to put together a uh, brawl deck. So nice. I think this is actually a really cool, uh, uh, you know, format, and it's actually something to do with you know all the draft stuff that I have, um, you know, left over after after the draft series is done. Awesome. Well, that's great. I'm excited. Uh, excited to try that out. That format it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Only thing I don't know if I'll ever play in another brawl championship. Pat, because freaking it was five rounds of Swiss. It started at noon and it uh, Swiss ended at eight uh, thirty. Jeez, <laughs> five rounds, eight and a half hours. Well, it's because, it's all pod based, right? So you're playing like four pods, like all yeah, four player pods, and rounds are ninety minutes long. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the the finals, the finals. Uh, so like Swiss ended at. Uh, like eight thirty, finals began at nine, and the uh, the finals was just a final four pod, and so that started at nine, and that ended at around like eleven forty five because it's untimed. <laughs> that's crazy for a sixty card singleton format that it took that long. That's pretty. That sounds pretty great though. That sounds like something I would be interested in. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I like about Magic Online is there's the one on one. So I actually lost a shit ton, even though I was having a ton of fun because yeah. I realized after the fact that my deck was designed for one on one brawl. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess Kometra, which is was my commander, kind of has a reputation already in Brawl. So literally, I would sit down with my opponents. We'd all reveal our commanders, and everyone at the at the t- pod would just look at me and go, "Well, we're killing you first. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "No, it's it's just me, it's Jeremy. I cheat Legacy. That's why I'm here." I was just like, and I was like, "Guys, I'm going to be reading all your cards. I don't play Standard. I don't play Brawl. I don't know what's going on." And they're like, "We don't believe you. We're killing you first. <laughs> Beautiful, I love it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a ton of fun. I'm definitely gonna put together some uh, some brawl for Magic Online. Hell yeah, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, so brawl was awesome, and it gave me something to do Saturday, which was nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, awesome. All right, well, let's see. I don't know if we have a, a bunch more to go over today. We're gonna have a special guest, but. I think we're going to push that off to next week because we're already starting to run a little long here. Yeah, we have some um, scheduling conflicts, so we were trying to bite off a little bit more than we can chew, so we're going to reschedule that. So next um, week, let's talk about... We're going to talk about the top eight in the GP. We'll, we'll break down the top eight uh, matchups and whatnot. Next week, we'll also have our awesome guest on. Do we want to talk about our guest, or we want to leave uh, that as a... We'll leave it, we'll leave it up. We're, we're okay. going to leave people in suspense. All right. Um, but yeah, so also just uh, like... As far as a city, I thought Richmond was awesome. Nice. Um, oh, my God, Pat, the food. Uh, I've never been down to Richmond, so. Lots of just amazing barbecue. Yeah. Um, we went, the first night we were there, we found this, like, hole-in-the-wall barbecue joint that had, like, 4.9 stars, like, the local favorite. Yep. Uh, we got this thing called, like, a train wrecker, which was... Basically, like they get, they're like, do you want it in a burrito? A train wrecker. <laughs> yeah, and the first question is, do you want it in a burrito or a bowl? <laughs> and it's like it's um, like sweet corn, mashed potatoes, gravy, cornbread, um, and then your choice of like brisket, uh, pulled pork, like uh, sausage links. Jeez. So it was like and <laughs> so freaking good, Pat. Like the food, the food was amazing. 
uh, we went to this place called like Secret Sandwich Society, uh, mm-hmm. where all the sandwiches were named after presidents. And <laughs> like, I'm I'm pretty sure I shaved a few years off my life with this trip, Pat. But it was it was definitely worth it. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the self loves their butter and their food, and it makes everything taste delicious. Jeez. <laughs> But the leaving a legacy meetup was a great time. Yeah, how was that? Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, we went to this place called Capital Ale House. Um, everyone came out uh, there. We they had like this separate like basement bar that mm-hmm. like you had to go all the way to the back of the restaurant. Um, so we went down there and we basically had the whole place to ourselves. So um, like really good beer. Everyone was talking and. What I just loved is so there there were all these people who came out. Um, like uh, one person who was who was awesome to hang out with was uh, uh, Beju. Uh, he hit me up online a little while ago, as you know, saying if I was going to be there and if it would be cool to meet up. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Oh like, yeah, I I love meeting all all the Leaving a Legacy family. So I was like, hundred percent, man, come come on out, come hang out with us. Um, he ended up like jamming a bunch of games with us, and like at the meetup, uh, it was like me, Beju, uh, Jay, and Josh. And we were just, like, kind of sitting down and talking, just, you know, having those great, like, not even about magic, just, like, life talks. Just, yeah, sure. You know, t- like, talking about, uh, you know, what's going on in our lives. And, uh, you know, we talked about, like, all these things, like, theories of, like, the, the country and the economy and where things are going, what we're mm-hmm. thinking about the world. And just, like, awesome, awesome time. Um, and it, those are kind of the, the parts of the GPs that I love the best. You know, we, we all go here and it, it doesn't even have to be about magic. It's just about, you know, the people there, the people that you're experiencing it with. Yeah. And, you know, magic is this great game that brings us together, but it's not like this consuming thing where it's all we can think about and all we can talk about. Right. Um, it's just kind of like the connecting force that, that really, you know, lets you meet new people. Like I wouldn't have met, you know, all these awesome people I hung out with this weekend if it wasn't for magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something that you had mentioned when we were talking about just GPs in general, like the, the biggest reason to go to GPs is to meet your friends there. It's not necessarily to play the ma- play magic because you can do that anywhere. Um, that's exactly. great, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. I was a little bummed I had to miss out, but I had other things to take care of on the home front. I am very excited for the 40 Duels tournament in uh, St. Louis. That's coming up October 6th. That should be a lot of fun. Um, the Duel for Duels. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. So I'm actually working on a Blue Red Delver deck right now. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we'll see how how that pans out in Magic Online uh, Magic Online leagues. Currently 2-0 with my iteration. So we'll try to keep it going. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyone you want to any poops this weekend? Uh, I'm gonna poop on Channel Fireball. The best okay. part about the GP was, the, I mean the the best part about the GP was the people. The worst part about the GP was the GP itself. <laughs> so, I'm gonna be real happy if Channel Fireball loses. Get get it together, CFB. Get it together, guys. Come on. Uh, I will. I'm gonna give so my scoops this week. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in uh, Spencer for coming on last week, last minute, helping us. Uh, rescue an episode that we lost uh sadly uh with adam wallace we had a really good episode there uh but yeah, spencer I, came I in lis- i listened to it on the plane ride home you guys nice. did a great job with that it was a good nice. episode thank you thank you yeah it was a good time spencer's uh one of the guys who's been he's been podcasting uh even longer than we have so it was great to have him on and, and get some of his uh knowledge of the format he's gonna um, be we- at the 40 duels too isn't he what's that I, I believe is he coming to the forty duel tournament as well? Uh, I don't know if he is. I know that uh, I know there's a, there are a bunch of people going to it. I don't know if he's going. I know that um, uh, a couple of guys from the Spike Feeder going to it. Um, I know that Sam Magic Man Sam's going to be there. So there'll be a lot of content creators there. It'll be a good time for sure. Um, uh, so we, wanna, we didn't get we didn't get our plane tickets for that, Pat. Yeah, I'm actually I was actually just looking at the tickets uh, while you were talking. So oh, I haven't tra- tracked. I haven't tracked. I've been tracking them. I'm glad you're on the edge of my of your seat every time I open my mouth. It makes yeah. me feel important. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tracking the plane tickets. They're like three fifty right now for round trips out of out of Boston. Um, probably book them in the next week or two. They, they they will usually shoot down a couple weeks out, so then I'll book them then. But we'll we'll, we'll be fine. I will say um, the best part about this GP actually was I think this is one of the cheapest GPs that I ever went to just mm. from like uh, plane ticket and hotel. Like Richmond is a cheap city. Nice. Like I, I budgeted, all, you know, much more than I ended up spending. That's good. Um, so I ended up, you know, taking that extra budget and uh, just sp- spending it on some swag and getting uh, <laughs> I got another foil uh, intuition oh, uh, and I got the uh, pro the G the pro tour promo emercools to uh, oh up my, nice up my game nice so spent about about like 
three. I got a good deal. I got like three hundred and fifty. <laughs> I got a good deal. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, hey! You I, was, I, that, Jerry. I, I was helping people price out beta underground seas at the Jeez. event, so they made me they made me feel much better about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm splurging with some three fifty. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping when I get down to the forty duels tournament, I'm able to pick up a pair of uh, underground seas because I want to put back I want to put Death Shadow together and I want to play that Grixis control list. I was freaking shocked. The cheapest heavy played uc in the in the room was 475 dollars yeah yep not surprised they're 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 up there right now yeah Dear they're Lord. up there yeah um so yeah so i'm gonna scoop in spencer for that i'm also gonna scoop in gp reduke um i'm gonna scoop in reduke himself uh for just being awesome just being uh, that that's a tough spot to be in being a competitor but also having to do coverage people just picking apart your play all day you're on camera all day he got no he got no rest um, so it was so great to see him up there. Um, I hope they do something like that again. Um, it was just, it was so great to watch him play all day. Just, a truly a master of the format and just a great magic player and a great all around guy, uh, to put himself out there and, and do that. So scoop into him as well. And, uh, I have, I don't really have any poops this week other than, uh, scrotal swelling. I guess that's my big poop this week. Uh, other than that, I think we're pretty good, man. Um, if someone wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you, Jerry? I don't get scoops. Jeez. You already did your scoops. No, I didn't. Yes, you said Beiju. You said uh, you already did your scoops. I did not do my scoops at all. All right. Who are you scooping in this week, Jerry? Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, definitely scooping Beiju. It was, it was awesome hanging out with him. Um, I ended up hanging out with him a lot this weekend, and he was uh, he was a ton of fun. Uh, Brendan Muse and Adam Baylock, uh, they were awesome. Uh, and then also just the guys I stayed with in the room. It was mm-hmm. me, Jasper, uh, my friend Jay Richardson, who was the one sitting next to me during the epic judge call. <laughs> oh, jeez, laughing his ass off. Uh, and our, my buddy Josh Sissio, who's been on the cast a few times. So, yeah, Josh is the man. Um, yeah, it was an awesome room. Uh, we had a t- we had a ton of fun together. We you know getting dinner. Uh, we all did a chaos draft with a few other friends. Actually, uh, a double scoop into Brendan and Adam because they came to the chaos draft, but everyone else was super unpa- impatient, and I felt like an asshole because I invited them to the chaos draft, and the other guys didn't want to wait. So we started a six pod chaos draft, and literally as soon as we were like three packs into pick into pack one, they showed up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I, I felt bad about that, but they they still stayed and you know hung out with us, which was a good time. Um, James uh, from Humans of Magic, he actually brought me a gift bat. Um, oh, he he was at the Japanese Eternal Weekends. And oh, cool. I don't know if you saw, but the playmat for that was the original art ancient yeah, tomb. Yeah, the OG ancient tomb. Those playmats are sweet. Yeah, James James gave me his. He gifted it to me. Oh no way! That's amazing. It, yeah, it looks even better in person. I I was super pumped to get it. It was it is a beautiful play mat. Awesome. Uh, so every time I play a Delver deck, I'll be sure to play it to throw my opponents off. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, and then also Danny Cahill for coming out. Da- Danny actually, uh, uh, we, we're keeping the train rolling, uh, Pat. Danny uh, g- is giving me a Scrubland to Jeez. raffle off for the charity. Oh, my so gosh. We're going to do another charity raffle. Uh, we got a Scrubland coming up. I'm just waiting. Uh, Danny mailed it uh, today or yesterday, I believe. So I'll be getting that soon once I have it in hand and it's not devoured by the u.s post office <laughs> i will uh i will make sure we get that uh posted up wow we have the we have the best we have the best listeners man what an amazing yeah. amazing and, thing and as the other one, there's there's too many to name but just everyone who came up to talk to me at the event i love talking to all of you guys it's it's a treat you know so many people like my first three opponents in the tournament were fans of the podcast pat oh perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, like, it was great talking to them. It just made it, you know, that much more of, you know, an enjoyable setting where it just felt like, you know, we were already friends because we just had so much in common. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, so love love talking to all you guys. And don't don't be shy. Don't be nervous. Like, I'm a friendly guy in person. Uh, Despite what my Facebook uh, posts uh, come (laughs) off as, I am not that big of an asshole in person. (laughs) I swear. Uh, so yeah, love love talking to everyone, and you know, so many people had so many nice things to say, and it, oh. it really made me feel great. That's awesome. That's so great. That's great to hear. All right, great. Well, um, so we'll end we'll end on a high note then, and we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, Jerry, if someone wants to find you, where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me at jme3rd on Twitter. I'm all over the Facebook group. Uh, I'm in a bunch of the other kind of Facebook groups uh, as well. Uh, feel free, just send me a message uh, if you want to talk about anything. And uh, yeah, 
Uh, I'm around. Awesome. You can find me at Pat Uglow on Twitter. The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Find us on hipsters. Join the Facebook group uh, and email dickpicks, to leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. We will catch you all next week. Scrotal swelling. <laughs> <laughs>